thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I'm Brett Hill, and today, for the first time ever, I'm podcasting without my co-host Damien and Lawrence. They both were unfortunately not able to be on tonight. I know Lawrence, in particular, expressed his absolute uh, concern—no, not concern—is not the right word—but his disappointment at not being able to be on the episode tonight. Because tonight's uh, host, interviewee is someone who we all love and admire, and who we've all gained a great deal out of in our own personal lives. And we're really excited to be able to share this with you. So. This is the Wellness Guys show, a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness into your lives. And today we have with us um, one of the world's gurus on teaching a method of self-inquiry known as the work. She's the author of Loving What Is. Uh, she's also the author of I Need Your Love, Is That True? And A Thousand Names for Joy. So please, uh, it's a great pleasure of mine to welcome Byron Katie to the show, affectionately known as Katie. Katie, welcome to the show. Great to have you on board. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Good to be on board. <laughs> now, you've got an amazing story, Katie, and I'd love to hear you share that with us from the start of, of your journey that you went through because you really had an amazing journey and an amazing transformation or perhaps realisation might be the better term for it. Um, can you share that with our listeners today? You know, I, I can. It's, it was years of depression, more than a decade of very deep depression. And as a mother of three, it was it was very difficult. And I was so full of, of self-hatred. And, you know, I, I had these healthy children and, and home and wondering, you know, what, you know, death would be better than this. I was so depressed. Hmm. And... My self-esteem was so low that I didn't believe I even deserved a bed to sleep in. So I would actually sleep on the floor next to my bed. It was that crazy. And one morning as I lay sleeping on the floor, I, um, I actually, a cockroach crawled over my foot. That's what happened. And, <laughs> and I opened my eyes. It woke me up. And I woke up in two ways. It was I woke up to a world... And the darkness was gone. It was gone. It was completely gone, Brett. And it was, it was, and then as mind hit my head, in other words, as the thoughts began to roll through my head again, I could see that they weren't true. And I began to laugh. And, and it was the most <laughs> honest laughter. It was, it was it was a new experience and very foreign, and there was no identification there. There was just this laughter rolling through the house and, and um, you know, through this house and this physical house all the way around, the body, the, the and it was um, quite, quite an amazing experience, you know, in hindsight. And, and I saw Brett in, in that moment which is the important message that I bring, you know, out of that experience. And that is, I saw clearly that when I believed my thoughts, I suffered. And when I didn't believe them, I didn't suffer. And I've come to see that this is true for every human being. And in that moment, inquiry was born. And I call it the work. It is so simple that anyone with an open mind can do it. And what I love about it, about inquiry, is we can do this without a teacher. We can do this on our own. 
And we have some marvelous facilitators of the work in the world. And so, um, you know, every time a facilitator facilitates the work with someone, they're getting, you know, they're awakening again and again. So it's a process that that anyone can do. And, you know, it's we um, talked about earlier, it's all free on thework.com. Yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing. It is so amazingly simple, isn't it? And and that's one of the absolute beauties of it is that it is so simple and anyone can do it, but it is still so effective. So before I get in and, and delve in more into the work and we talk more about that, though, I'd love to talk more about that, that moment of realization because it, it's obviously such a, a profound moment for you. I mean, how did you how did you take that at the time? Was there any part of you that sort of thought, Am I going mad? Like, is this, you know, it was obviously such a profound shift. Or did you straight away just know that this is something profound and something that was going to be your life work from then onwards? Well, you know, it's interesting you should ask because um, that's a question that hasn't been posed before. And, and it was, there was no identification, so none of that was happening. Hmm. And to answer your question, in hindsight, it, it, it was amazing. I stood up and I walked into with, with no direction, no, you know, mindlessly. And it's like it stood up, it walked in without identification. It's, um, it's, it's um, interesting to describe, but I'll say I got up for no reason. I walked into the bathroom. There was a mirror there. And I looked directly into what was looking at me. In other words, I looked directly into my own eyes. And the depth was endless. And something happened there where it's like the realization merged as a physical entity on some level. And um, so I was able to, um, to be something. In other words, to... When I say I, I had a reference, even though I could never make it true again. You know, the body is not I. That's what I mean by that. I don't, I'm not here to confuse people. It's just that mind is not physical. Mind is not, you know, every, all the thoughts we have is, you know, I think this, I want that, I should that, you should that, I think. The sky is blue, I think. So it's, all about the ego, the mind, holding a position like a hypnotic trance, um, an identification that can never be I. You know, if, if I say I, you know, I'm experiencing not I. And eventually people in the work begin to know the difference between reality and the mind. And uh, we begin to respect the mind. You know, um, what isn't to respect about something that could identify as what it isn't and leave such um, the impression of, of something so real. But um, it's, it's, um, it's wonderful to realize, and I'm watching people, millions of people all over the world, one transfer it to the other, to the other, to the other. And every time, every time that's done, that person becomes more awake. And um, I'm noticing how it is just running through 
businesses, you know, Fortune 100, 500 businesses internationally, you know, worldwide, it's, um, it's very powerful and it brings peace and it brings out the best of us, that the best of us, that, that the mind wouldn't allow us to really realize at the level we deserve. So inquiry, there's nothing that it cannot, there's no trance that it cannot break through. And it's all about getting still in those four questions and turn around. That's really cool. So I guess what I'm getting from that is that I guess in that moment, not only were you not judging yourself, you know, you weren't thinking those things about yourself, but, but almost you weren't, it wasn't even possible for you to think that. No, it, it was, um, it, that's what the laughter was about. <laughs> yeah. What a realization. So, so let's get into it and let's, let's share with our listeners the work because, as I said, it's something that is so simple in some ways but, but so profound in others that it, it just does have such a remarkable effect. You know, I've certainly seen this with myself. So I'd love you to share with people what the, exactly the work is and, and how they can go about doing that with themselves. I'm, I, I love that. You know, that's, that's the, the job I've been given, and I never tire of it. It's always new. But let's take a concept, Brett. For example, um, have you ever, this is a ridiculous question, but um, I'll pose it to everyone listening as well. Have you ever had the thought that someone didn't care about you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so it's so popular. No, you know, it's like on the, the, the top list. Mm. Uh, he doesn't care about me she doesn't care about me so let's say we're going to question she doesn't care about me so I invite everyone to find a situation when they were believing that and then to experience the emotions that go with that when they were believing that and so I'll say she doesn't care about you and the, there are only four questions, and the, the first two questions, the answer is either yes or no. So it does take mindfulness. You get very, very clear and just witness, experience that question and what arises. So she doesn't care about you. First question, is it true? <laughs> it's it, it's amazing that that's the question you've chosen for me, Katie, because, you know, my, my history with the work, I'll, I'll share with you, I, I was shared the work by by multiple people over the period of about a decade one in particular a a decade before I actually did the work myself and said to me look I really think this is something you should do you know this is really something that I think you'd get heaps out of and I and I looked into it and I thought this actually looks fantastic I'm gonna do that you know I'm gonna do that one day and and I just never got to it and so it was a little over 12 months ago Katie that I actually picked up and decided to do the work and and the, the instigator for me to to push me over that threshold to actually do it was the breakup of a marriage so it's it's amazing that you've you've picked that one question as as one to throw out because it's very much been my journey with the work which is which is just fascinating to go with and and certainly at the time I was starting to do that work the work then my answer to that question was absolutely yes in my mind (laughs) so so I invite everyone and I'm and and I'll I'll direct it at you Brett so pick your most heated argument most heated woman I mean Mm. your most heated moment with a woman with your wife in any portion of the relationship divorcing before and so get that moment established and then what it felt like when you were believing the thought in that moment she doesn't care about me yeah, and, and and it's just not a nice thing, is it? You know, it's it's not a nice feeling, and and it brings up things, I guess, not only from that relationship, but from so many other relationships and instances you've had 
previous to that as well, which, which is one of the fascinating things about the work. Yes, and it doesn't feel good, and it's happening all the time, and people die on their deathbed crying, you know, it's all her fault. Yeah. And, and yeah. so I just love that we, we take care of, of these, these um, resentments in our lives and these, these fearful moments and these depressing moments and these horrendous moments in our lives. So, so we look at that moment in time, and if you really look at her, Grant, you just, you just see she doesn't care about me. Is it true? And if you get still in it, you get really still in it, you know, what was a yes could be a no, but it and what was a no could be a yes. You know, it's just what I love about the work is it's your, your death that matters. And so the next question is, can you absolutely know that it's true in that moment, in that situation? Look how angry she is. Can you absolutely know that it's true? She doesn't care about you. Yeah. And you continue yeah. to witness that moment. Yeah, and that was such a big one for me. You know, just, just that, can you absolutely know? Because I really know that, you know, when you start delving into that, you realize that, that you absolutely can't. And, the, the, and, and I mean... W- it seems for virtually every situation, Katie, there, there, there doesn't appear to be a situation where you can absolutely know. Is that correct? But, but you, yeah, we can't know another person's mind or heart. Mm. But as we meditate on that question, can I absolutely know that it's true that she doesn't care about me? You begin to see her face and her anguish and her fear, the fear in her eyes and and you begin to hear the words that she's saying, and you heard them at the time, but you didn't really hear them. Mm. It becomes, you know, becomes, you become more of a witness as you sit in it. And then the third question, notice how you react when you believe that thought in that situation. And then you begin to notice your anger, your fear, how you reacted, what you said and did, and you get still in that, and you mindfully sit, mindfully sit in that moment. You know, the work is meditation, and it takes stillness, and it's profound, and it shifts everything, and it does it fast. And on this planet, you know, we're in a hurry. We we could use a little help. <laughs> so, so can you see how you reacted when you believed the thought she doesn't? care about me yeah absolutely and it's amazing you know every every time i've done this and and i've gone through and done the work dozens and dozens of times probably 50 times i would say on various different things and and every time you sort of get to this stage you sort of go yeah you got me (laughs) you sort of just think yeah yeah absolutely or or perhaps i got myself might be a better way of saying it but uh but you really just do you you sit there and it just you just realize and you see it so much so clearly of of what you've been doing and who you've been in that moment and, and how you've been creating this anguish in your own life actually yeah yeah and it becomes so clear you know my part in that pain Mm. and that hurt my part becomes so clear and then how do I react when I believe the thought she doesn't care about me? We begin to get in touch with our emotions and get really still in those. And it's profound. We have no, no conscious idea, really. We know we're stressed out. We know it hurts. But as we sit in that third question, how do I react when I believe the thought? We begin to see the wear and terror 
on our body and emotions and immune systems and nervous systems and and heart health and I mean it's endless when we sit in that and watch when I believe that thought how it affects my world, my life, my relationships, my physical well-being, my emotional well-being, we begin to see the cause of all the suffering in our life, in our world. And then after witnessing that, we move to the last question, the fourth question. Who would you be in that same situation, exactly the same situation, in that moment witnessing who would you be without the thought, she doesn't care about me? And that's really quite a view. That's quite a view. Mm. It's eye-opening, isn't it? I mean, when you actually just stop and think that and realize, I guess, what's possible for you, isn't it? I mean, it's really just to look at that and think, what what could actually be if I just decided not to do that? You know, if I if I decided just not to think that way, and it's 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 amazing. If we look at it, it's it's. It's like we, be, we begin to experience some of us compassion for the very first time. We had no idea we were not in touch with it. But we begin to witness that other person without what we have superimposed upon them in our minds. And we see their anguish. We see their frustration. And we have already seen our part in, in question three, how we contribute to that. And, and it's... It's amazing sitting in that fourth question, who would I be in that situation, in that moment, without the thought she doesn't care about me, and just witness that person's anguish again, without what we're putting on it. And then we can also see us in it, and how we're reacting without the thought she doesn't care about me. And, and we begin to see, we begin to experience compassion for both of them. For her, for you, it's um, and we get to see them, you know, those two people that are really images in our head as we look back, those two people lost, just lost with no way out in that moment. They're believers. And, and we get to see where we've been and the hypnotic trance itself and... And um, it's really quite something. But it takes everyone, these four questions, take, people say, well, I didn't have an experience on the floor. Well, you don't need one. This is it. That is the experience I had on the floor. And it's how I invite everyone into that same opportunity. And, and then we, we turn it around. She doesn't care about me. Turned around as we witness that same moment in time. We turn it around. She does care about me. And we begin to listen again and to witness again. And then we begin to find examples in that moment, you know, like she does care about me. And they show up, but it takes stillness. And then another turnaround to she doesn't care about me. I don't care about her. And then we begin to witness how in that situation we were uncaring. We didn't care about them at all. You know, it was it, it's because we couldn't. We were believing our thoughts about them, so we couldn't care. That's what anger is. We're crazy when we're angry. We're crazy when we're hurt. You know, insanity is is um, you know other words for that is anger and and mistrust and asleepness is what it is. 
So uh, we begin to see our own part, and in that we see specifically where we can we need to make it right in our own lives. Because if we do it with if we believe it about that person, we believe it about other people that they don't care about us. It's it's like a disease. It's it goes against who and what we really are. That's why it hurts. We're not thinking out of our true nature. And the only thing that can pop that bubble in my experience is the truth. The authenticity of, of my own awareness, allowing it to, to live out in this meditation I call the work. So another turnaround, she doesn't care about me. I don't care about me. And then just to witness that situation and where I hurt myself specifically in that moment when I was believing the thought in that heated moment in time. And, and it, there's, a, there's a kind of alchemy that takes place that we can never see that person in the same light again if we have really gotten still with these four questions, turnarounds, and what those turnarounds um, show us. So basically, judge your neighbor, write it down, ask four questions, turn it around. And that's, um, that's the invitation. Yeah, and it is such an amazing process. And, and I found for me that the turnaround was such a crucial part of that because actually before I started doing the work, I, I read another book, um, which was a similar sort of process, uh, but really delved into the, I guess, the, you know, who am I when I think that way without necessarily doing the who would I be if I didn't and then doing the turnaround. And, and it was a completely different process because that, that sort of delved right into that, I guess, the darkness of, you know, who am I, what am I doing in this situation without giving you that turnaround which enabled you to see this solution and, and what you can do going forwards and, and you know how you can make it right as you said and, and I think that's a, it's just such a crucial part of the, the whole process isn't it Katie? It, it, you know it really is because it's, um, it's just a natural thing if when I can see where I was asleep Mm-hmm. I can I can make it right now that I'm awake because I'm I'm less fearful and I don't have a grudge that I have to hypnotically um, beyond what I can even stop help myself. Um, how am I going to get over resentment if I don't know how? And I didn't know how. And that moment on the floor showed me. And it's um, it's um, you know like I often refer to this process as checkmate. It's, it's checkmate to the mind, and the ego comes to love it. It's, you know, it's all about the end of the mind's war with itself. And the end of war with oneself is the end of the war in the world. Yeah, and I think that's that process I was talking about before where you kind of get to the end and you sort of just feel like, yeah, you got me. <laughs> you know, like you, you nailed me. You know, you, you actually got me. And yes, it's that's actually right. <laughs> and yes, you know, you, you really just see it clearly and you realize, I guess, the frivolity of, of the way you were thinking and behaving. And you just realize that it was all just a bit silly, really. And and that, you know, it just doesn't have to be that way. It's, it's quite an amazing realization to have, isn't it? So we, we come out, rather than guilty, terrible people living out of the sense of guilt over what we say and do, to enlighten people that are knowing ourselves. And it is, like you say, it's, you know, we come out with, rather than, oh, I'm so terrible, lighthearted, and how silly of me. And, 
And it's in hindsight, looking back, it's it's like, oh my gosh, how could I have been so, so, you know, in my terms, how could I have been such a believer, but I've done enough work to understand how I could, you know, because it's what we teach in this world. We teach, you hurt me. If I suffer, it's your fault. I mean, all those teachings are backward. I hurt me. You know, I, I like to say no one can hurt me. That's my job. <laughs> I do it well <laughs> enough. I don't need the world to do it. It's in, in, in fact, I've been the only one hurting me. I mean, if someone says something that hurts my feelings, I need to look to me because I have just hurt my feelings. For example, if someone says, Katie, you are so stupid, I mean, we can laugh together because I know myself. And, and I'm just, and it's just so amazing that they would know me as well as I do too. Because I immediately, I've done my work, I see where I am just so prone to not knowing the simplest things. And someone could see me as stupid. And it's a term that if I'm prejudiced against, I need to go to the dictionary, I need to look at it, and I need to find the similarities. So we even begin to make friends with, with not not only people, but words and and respect that no matter what someone says to hurt me, if it hurts, they're waking me up. So there is no downside to uh, self-realization. And one of the things I've found about the work, Katie, that's amazing is that you, you can think you're working on one thing, or in fact, even in the case of your audio book, there can be something, someone else working on one thing, and you can actually come to realizations about yourself. But, but also, I found that I could think I was working on one thing and, and how I'm relating to one particular person, and it would end up creating changes in 10 different relationships in my life. Um, so you know, how does that process work? I mean, it's amazing to see. I mean, for example, I know that as I was working on stuff with my ex-wife, then actually my relationship with my father changed and, and we started getting along a whole lot better as well. And um, you know, how does that work? And, and why does it have such a broad ranging effect on your life? Because you weren't really working on your life when you were doing the work on your wife. You were working on your concepts, what you believed about your wife. And so it shifted the relationship with your father. Yeah. We're not working with people. We're working with our belief system. And, and when, we are, when we are awake to what we're thinking and believing, our relationships change across the board. It's, it's, it's more profound than even words can point to. But our experiences uh, in inquiry that we share with each other, you know, it's, 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 um, we really get, you know, it's like, uh, I did the work on my mother, I still don't like my mother, but all of a sudden, I like so-and-so, <laughs> you know, and it's, and it's a little more work to do on the mother, but it's not wasted because it works over here, here, and here, and begins to dissolve on mother or whoever that person is that we're doing the work and- and, and essentially what it's really doing is actually it's that I'm liking me better. And that's why I'm relating better to all the different people, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly so. Exactly so. I, you, know, if, 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 you know, if I love me, I love you. Mm. If I don't love me, I don't love you. And the other way around. 
Yeah, it's it's such a cool process. So, uh, Katie, for all the people out here listening, um, you mentioned earlier that they can go to the website, and I've done this, and they can download and and actually start doing the work completely by themselves. I mean, I would highly recommend them to to go and have a look at your book, Loving What Is, because I think it's fantastic. I would even more highly recommend them to get the audio book, because I, for me personally, anyway, I found the the audio book and hearing your beautiful voice and hearing you go through the process live with other people just really allowed me to get it. Like, I, I really got what it was all about. Like, I, you know, I think I needed to hear it and to see it in action to really get how it was going to work. Um, but but how, you know, how would you suggest people get started with the work? Well, um, as you say, at, at thework.com, the direction's there. It's all free. And there are video clips of, of me doing the work one-on-one with people. And as you say, it's, it's uh, you know, they really affect all of us. And... Also, on YouTube, there are so many videos of me doing the work with people. And so people can really um, sit in them and, and witness what goes on, because every time we do, that shifts us as well. And also, I have a nine-day school for the work, and um, I do that several times a year, one in Europe and one in the States, and, or two in the States and one in Europe every year and it's so profound and if people have the opportunity to do that it's it's um it's i i i just can't i can't describe that nine day school it's we work on fear and tear and relationships and the physical body and um oh my gosh um prejudice and um um, men and women and money and you know, we, we, we cover all of the all of the majors and and the work is free. So there's something for everyone. Yeah, it's yeah. it's such a beautiful thing and, and Kate, it's amazing that you do make that available for free for everyone on the website, which is just incredible and it just shows the integrity of you as a person and how passionate you are about sharing this information. You know, one one of the the quotes I read, actually one of the, the phrases in your bio, which I just loved, and it said, Byron Katie has one job, to show people how to stop suffering. When Katie appears, lives change. Um, and certainly for me, that has absolutely been my experience. So, um, you know, I just really encourage people to go and check out your work at thework.com. Um, to check you out on Facebook, you do have a, a very active community there. If you just search Byron Katie on Facebook, you'll find that community as well and check that out. Um, but until next week, join us on Facebook and, and keep the conversation going. We'd love to hear what you think about this particular episode. Um, and go check it out on the Wellness Guys or the Wellness Couch website. Like us on Facebook. Share this podcast with your friends, family and other strangers you think need a wellness update. Subscribe to us on iTunes and while you're there, leave a five-star rating and leave a comment on iTunes. Um, Until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives, lead by example, and let's change the world's health together. So thank you, Katie, for being with us this week. We really appreciate your time. Um, I'm just honoured to have had you on, particularly, as I said, the personal experience I've had with you and your work. I thank you profoundly for that, and I thank you profoundly for sharing it with our listeners. Thanks, Katie. So join us next week on The Wellness Guys Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
Impossible Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners. These podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.